You're listening to Trending with Timory, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. National speaker Timory Millington has been a passionate advocate for life as long as she can remember, helping Gen X through Z answer the call to true feminism and authentic manhood. Timory holds a master's degree in biblical theology, and she covers this week's hottest stories from a Catholic worldview. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Wow, Kanye West is just tearing it up with the topics that he is covering. I mean, we discussed a couple weeks here on trending modesty uh, and the little breaking down the conversation between him and Kim Kardashian, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, Now he's talking about Plan B, abortion, fatherless homes. He's talking about pornography. We're going to be diving into that. We'll be talking about the suicide epidemic among men. And really, I think it ties into a lot of what's going on with Kanye West and this conversion he's having. Uh, And then we'll also be talking about the theme of why is it so important to recognize God as king of our lives and as our father. So we'll be diving into some catechesis a little later on. With us today is Dr. Philip Chavez of the Men's Academy. He is an expert in the area of character formation. And so I love having your thoughts on the Kanye West story. Initial thoughts. Well, uh, you know, he's an interesting character. Um, you know, his his background, it was he was kind of highly challenged, I guess, in the whole modesty thing and pornography thing, and yet it it ushered a way of life to to rethink things and um, to really kind of uh, move us in a in a straighter path. And I think I think you could see God's grace working through him. And it's incredible to see how honestly boldly he's willing to just talk about this this is a man who has a very public platform he himself has said over the years when he has believed in something or he felt something helped his life in some way he sang about it and he promoted it and he said you know at one point it was basically sex and so i promoted sex and essentially pornography in my work and now it's jesus christ and here is his new album jesus is king yeah, it's it's amazing, and for um, in fact, a, a recent interview I saw, you know, they now consider him part of toxic masculinity. So let's keep that toxicity coming. Hold Kanye. on, you know what's funny about that? I heard an interview the other day about Kanye West, and the only thing they could talk about—they're talking about all these different stars—was mm-hmm. his mental health issues. Oh my! Uh, yeah, you know, Kim's really concerned about <laughs> him going for this new album tour. They wouldn't even mention the name of the album, and it's like they're trying to point to him as some crazy man now. And I know the dude has really struggled in the past with some mental health issues. Any surprise? He was addicted to sex and he's come out with it. Um, but just the fact that that's all they'll discuss about Kanye West now is interesting. Yeah, so I think he's, his transformation, I guess you could say, uh, people just don't get or understand. Yeah, people aren't understanding yeah. it. And, you know, I think that this is a phenomenon because what you just mentioned where, you know, the, what is it, the... Um, American Psychological Association. The American Psychological Association released just this past year some of the different things that you and I had gone through on the show talking about how masculinity... Uh, in the traditional sense, in many ways is considered toxic. And we broke down here on Trending some of those key areas that the American Psychological Association tried to claim were toxic. And it's a really fascinating episode. If you haven't heard it, Dr. Chavez and I break down these areas. uh, And Trent Horn and I also talked about it here on Trending. So type in toxic masculinity uh, under the search page at radiotrending.com and you'll get more info on that. But people are calling Kanye West a toxic masculinity 
masculine individual. Uh, he's behaving like a patriarch now. Let's talk about some of the things that he said and tied into the current struggle that so many men are facing. One of the first things that really stood out to me, and and I don't want to get into the political party side of it, uh, but he talks about how essentially uh, the African-American community has been pressured to not only vote in a particular way, but sure. live in a particular way. And he's emphasizing that we've been oppressed. And one of the areas he points to is we've taken fathers out of the home. That's right. And um, I think he's... He, well, I guess that resonates with him in, in so far as he felt uh, a great father abandonment by him. And I guess even with his ushering into porn at the age of five, um, I, I think he just realized, too, that was uh, his father greatly. Um, he betrayed his, his, you know, what should have been a good, uh, healthy example for him. Yeah, I, that was a staggering when you look at what he said. And we'll dive into the porn topic more, but five years old, five years old. Pornography yeah. was already exposed to him through Playboy from his dad. Yeah, and and even he talks about how it, it somewhat broke him down and kind of set the stage for what the next forty years of his life, yeah. where the poor guy would de- he would he would be dealing with this on a number of levels. But you could see again how how intimate and how incisive sexuality is in our personality that when that modesty is and that sense of privacy is broken down in such an early age. It is the, the the effect is so incisive on the character that it, it disaffects pretty much every element of the life going forward. Let's go a little bit into the topic of porn now, uh, be, since we're bringing it up. I was flabbergasted by this statement. The fact that he made it and so quickly after starting this conversion process, he said this. And if please listen up, because this is really important. He said that the porn addiction that started right around when he was five years old and first exposed, he said, it affected almost every choice for the rest of his life. He literally said that after that exposure to his father's Playboy magazine, that affected almost every choice for the rest of my life. That is an incredibly powerful statement. And I don't know if everyone knows this. Do you know the story about Ted Bundy in his last days before he ended up receiving capital punishment? No, I don't think so, no. So Ted Bundy, in the last days before he's about to be executed, ends up coming out and saying, I want to do an interview. I want to share my story before I die, right? And this is a man for the younger generation, a serial killer, killed and just abused sexually many, many women in particular. In fact, the story came out that in his final days leading up to being killed, because uh, he received the death sentence, the death penalty, uh, that he was talking to the guards and they would be having conversations talking about murders that were mm-hmm. never solved. And he was going, and I did that one and I did that one. I mean, this is a man that is a horrific human being in terms of what he did. But here's what happened. For those who are just joining us, you're listening to Trending with Tim Ray with Dr. Philip Chavez. Ted Bundy ends up saying, I want to do a tell-all interview. And um, he ends up doing it with, uh, I believe it was Dr. James Dobson, um, who head of the Family Research Council right now. Um, He says, I want him because I want someone who's going to adequately portray my story. And his story was this. He was, I think, somewhere around seven years old, found a pornographic magazine 
in, I believe it was either a neighbor's house or garage or in his father's, I think it might have been a neighbor. From that point on, it too affected every decision he made. And and in fact, actually, I'm wrong. As I'm recalling the story, he was walking down the street and saw it next to a trash can, saw the porn. And from that day on, he said it went from looking at it to having to act it out. It went to doing drive-bys and picking up women and abusing them to the point of killing them. And he said, I want the world to know I grew up in a good Christian home. I grew up with great examples, but pornography destroyed me and what I did. Well, even, uh, gosh, his name, first name is not Andrew, but the Serenelli uh, man who, the last surname, Serenelli, the one who killed Maria Goretti, mm-hmm. he confessed that too at a very early age. He was exposed to lewd things and oh, uh, wow. and that kind of immodest imagery. So he, he claims that that, yes, led him to actually kill her in the end. You guys, we can't begin to understand the impact that porn addiction a sexual addiction has had and Kanye West and his story shares that you know what happened when things went wrong in his life what happened when he was struggling he said when my mom died what did I do I turned to my sex addiction that's where I went and it's heartbreaking because you see just a couple weeks ago the video of him and Kim Kardashian as he's trying to get her to be more modest and she looks at him at one point and says you made me what I am Mm. Yeah, poor guy. I mean, you know, what happens, I think what happens, you know, I think when a man, uh, especially at an early age, um, sees this kind of imagery and he his his delight is is awakened too early toward that. It's going to misguide everything he does when he tries to seek seek for the good or seek for pleasure, seek for what can be pleasing. And so and so I could easily see that as 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 ushering him into many different addictions, which he said, what? I mean, even it, he, he attributes what his addiction to money, clothes, cars, even uh, social media and, and other things, mm-hmm. all, all starting through that, through the, the thwarting of what we say in philosophy, the pleasure appetite. In other words, that, that desire for pleasure, that pleasure was awakened and actually twisted. So he could not properly direct himself with any proper self-control. I don't want to say this absolutely, but it was it's, it otherwise was hard for him to direct with self-control all those things which brought pleasure or some mm-hmm. kind of satisfaction in his life. Well, and I look at what he's saying and how powerful then for him to see, I mean, the boldness and that he's willing to say this, you know, I used to say this was okay. And he said, it's not okay. He keeps saying, it's not okay. Like who I am, what I've been doing, it's not okay. It's destroying me. It's destroying my family. And even, did you get to see the breakdown um, of him talking to Kim Kardashian have you seen that? I, I didn't see okay, that. Okay, you were in no. you were in Rome, so I assume you probably didn't. So while you were in Rome, there's an episode that comes up out of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, a show which I do not watch, but I was sent a segment, and he's talking to Kim. He's talking about how when she dresses sexy, it affects him. He even ends up saying it affects my soul, and he said. It affects me as a father. It's just, and she's pointing back to him saying like, you made me this way. And she's saying, just because you're on a journey and you're where you're at doesn't mean that I'm there yet. And I had so much respect for her and where she was and that she was able to vocalize that. Sure. Uh, but he, when he said it's affecting my soul. Yeah, well, I would imagine what's what's going on there. I mean, she is a lovely woman, and I would imagine it touches many of the things that that have have touched and disaffected him. And I would imagine he'd had a number of experiences, which 
experiences which he hasn't himself yet reckoned with. There's probably mm-hmm. quite the past there. And so, and so, yeah, seeing her and be exposed to her, it probably awakens so many different emotions that he doesn't know how to handle or control. Yeah, and it points to the fact that when we're living a lifestyle, a sinful lifestyle, we hurt most the people we love, not just ourselves. And I feel bad because Kim, you know, when she says that you made me this way, it pointed to how far the destruction has gone within his own marriage. And, you know, we have to pray for the Kardashians and what they're going through, because I can't imagine it's easy. You know, think about it when we ourselves go through our own conversion. Uh, You know, sometimes the people we love most criticize us and point at us and they're uncomfortable. They don't like the change. That's right. And they don't know how to handle the change or they don't know how to adjust to the change. And um, it's like, yeah, I know even for recovering al- alcoholics, some people like the alcoholic better than the recovered one. So, mm. yes, it's, it is hard. But I, I think, too, people are offended by a reformed life, too. I see this generally in society when people try to start standing up for values or there's some reformation. There's almost like some people take it almost as an, as an offense or an affront. That's Dr. Philip Chavez of the Men's Academy. You can learn more about him and his work at themensacademy.org. If you follow us on social media, we'll also tag their social media pages as well. I want to come back to where he discussed that he's realizing his people have been oppressed. And he emphasizes that fathers have been taken out of the home and that this is a norm. You know, this is something that abortion has contributed to, contraception has contributed to. We see, especially within the African-American community, that there's a high rate of fatherlessness and he discusses next also the fact that they're pushing plan B on us and abortion. We've accepted it. And he says, we're killing our own children. We're aborting them. That's right. We've been fed this lie. Yeah. And, and so in this case, what's happening there, these, these African-American men are told or, or through this treatment of them that they're not capable of making it on their own. So they must be on welfare they need the government to support them. They're they're a very dependent people. And so what happens, it emasculates a man at a deep level because he fails to be the provider and stand up the way he should. He fails to stand up as a father because he's he's in a situation now where his fatherhood is, is being replaced by all these other things that that women are now able to take advantage of and whatnot. So in other words, yes, through the things that, that African-American men are at, the African-Americans are asked to vote on and support, it's a- actually dismantling the family and in a very concise way, dismantling a fatherhood as head of the home. We'll continue to talk about fatherhood and just masculinity throughout the rest of this episode. One thing that I thought was really neat uh, that I'd like to talk about in just a bit here, we'll come to in a second, is what he expected of his staff during the recording of the Jesus is King album as they were working on it. Pretty fascinating. We'll come to that in a second. But back to the abortion issue. So many people, um, the black community has no idea that they have been targeted for years by the abortion industry and by Planned Parenthood. If you look at the numbers, it is astronomical how many black people are aborted, how many children, how they are targeted. The abortion clinics are in their communities, in their schools, around the corner from the schools. They are being fed the same lie that all of society is being fed. You have to have abortion and contraception in order to get ahead in life. This is what we do. And yet they're not thinking about the impact that these abortions are having on the women and the fact that maybe this is contributing to why so many of these men are in jail. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle the emotional side of it. 
Yeah, and I think what happens is because it's been so part of their culture, they probably don't know much of anything else. And so to see the truth and to see the light, maybe you know, if they rather don't see the truth and don't see the light, you could see how 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 that culture might just easily perpetuates itself. And so, yes, for which reason, um, what's been done to the African American community has been very grave. If you've never seen the documentary, I'm not a fan of documentaries, but I've seen this one multiple times. It's worth watching. I even think it's available on YouTube now. It's called MAFA 21. I believe that's Hmm. M-A-F-F-A, MAFA 21. You can look it up. I'll try to make sure I send a link out to it. But MAFA 21 came out probably a little more than 10 years ago specifically pointing to how the African-American community here in the United States has been targeted all along by Planned Parenthood. I mean, this is how bad it is, you guys. People could call into Planned Parenthood wanting to make a donation, and there are recordings of people literally saying, I want my donation to go for an African-American baby boy. Or it was not just sex selection, but race selection for these abortions. And Planned Parenthood willingly accepts these donations. It's absolutely shocking how much this community has not only been targeted, but been oppressed. Yeah, you could see that this is just the effects of the dark side of abortion, which, um, you know, Satan has just gotten his tentacles into so many different elements of it and the blindness and how how so many people get involved and, and sucked into all of it. Um, the insidiousness of it all and the, the, the deep wanting of grace, um, yeah, it, it just makes so much unstable for the, the African-American community. If you want to share this episode of Trending with Timory with a friend, or maybe you're not able to finish listening right now as you're on the go, you can go to radiotrending.com, grab that episode that you're listening to now, it's available, and share it. I'd love to continue to have you be a part of expanding Trending's reach. Dr. Philip Chavez is here in studio with me. I want to talk about another perspective that Kanye throws out there. He said, okay, you know, I'm basically his eyes are open. He's looking at all of this. He's starting to be freed from the damage that this sex addiction has been in his life. And he's saying, I'm no longer free. And he, mm. or, sorry, I'm no longer a slave. And he's saying, now I'm free. And he points to his freedom as being a son of God. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, so in some way, he's 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 got, he's experienced some kind of awakening you know, of grace for which he's he's very grateful for. And I imagine too, you know, just from the little that I've I've seen of him, and uh, though I'm not I'm not a fan or or whatnot, but but I think what's happened, I think he's probably come out of a depression that he was in, mm-hmm. or some kind of low state, and I think he's 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 risen up a bit. So, and I think that's showing some of his positions and some of his boldness. And I think a lot of what he's doing now is a way of thanking God the Father for 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 now moving in a better path and better direction. Mm-hmm. And this is how far he goes. He's so grateful. I think that he has decided to write this album talking about how God has changed his life. Uh, and now he, in his staff, the expectations that he's placing on them. It's incredible. This guy, Kanye West, is literally having his staff. I mean, I imagine buddies that he's been working with for a long time, living the same lifestyle with him. He's having them fast and pray regularly together. He's having them fast. I mean, just that's, think about yeah. that part alone. That, that That's amazing. Yeah. And then he's also having them. He's saying, hey, if you're working on this, I want you to avoid premarital sex. He's like, nope. Doesn't fly here. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. He sees now how, how those things, well, on the positive and negative, you, you avoid the negative, having sex inside of marriage, you avoid, and, and you mm-hmm. embrace the positive. 
I, he's seeing now how these things are necessary for a fruitful work. And, um, and so in some way, he's, he's spot on in the, that realm or in that direction. And I have to compliment him because there are a lot of people, even I see, uh, who struggle and burn out in the work they're doing in various sure. apostolates and pro-life ministries because we forget about the prayer. That's right. We forget, especially about the fasting. We do not like to fast. Catholics may fast, but we're kind of bad at That's it. That's right. Yeah. And here he is immediately, like you said, recognizing for what I'm doing to be effective, not only in the souls of my staff, because now he cares about the souls of his staff, but for it to be effective in a, impacting the culture, we need to pray and fast. And he even points to when people pray and fast together, he says at one point, he talks about how powerful it is. And I thought, man, this man is so quickly turning into really what is an aesthetical lifestyle right away from what's happening in the culture this me 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 and this pleasure that is so oriented in our culture that he's doing stuff that we ourselves as catholics aren't even doing that's right so it'll be fascinating to see what's going to happen to him moving forward um you know i heard an interview too that um it was fascinating too that i what i heard this interviewer say after he interviewed him for a while he says you know i can i can tell you're a very empathetic fellow and so there is something deep down, I think, in Conway, too, that, that he loves people and he's very sympathetic to people. And so I think with his recent conversion, he really wants to win hearts and souls. And, um, and it'll be exciting to see what's, uh, what's ahead for him. Now, this a whole conversion process seems to have happened very fast for Kanye. Hmm. Uh, the poor guy has a very public lifestyle. Who knows if it has been as fast as it would seem from a media perspective. Uh, but do you see... Or do you think that conversions like this for so many men who are struggling right now can happen almost as easy as it seems to be happening for Kanye and completely swing the pendulum in the other direction? Well, for, for Kanye, again, because of his empathetic character, I think there's something in him. In fact, heard him the way he even speaks. There's something in him that almost speaks of something. There is a real gentle side to him. There's a real there's a side to him that is, I think, astute to the reality of people and seeing to their needs. I mean, I, I saw, I heard an interviewer who was talking to one interviewer that's in his past where as a father, he's worried about, you know, his daughter being in sexual relations. You know, he's, he's worried about this and yet she's just a little girl, but he admits, yeah, I still watch, well, he said Pornhub or whatever. I'm still this addicted before, to porn. Yeah. yeah, before. And so, so it showed too, even at that time I saw, gosh, this man's very sensitive to what's happening in his family and his daughters and all the rest. So, I think there is something in him that always wanted to come out. Um, and so I think he's finally finding a freedom now that, that he can express himself in a way to serve and to give and to, to foster what is good and the true and the right. And this is a challenge to ourselves. Kanye West is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I have not listened to much of his new music. There mm -hmm. may be major theological problems with his music. Again, I'm not talking about that. So I'm simply talking about the conversion. But it's a challenge to each of us. Sure. We do not like it. Like you said earlier, sometimes people prefer the alcoholic to the reformed, you know, person who has right. gotten rid of that alcoholic uh, alcoholism. We don't like when people change and sometimes we're not receptive. Sometimes we're not even encouraging. And this is the challenge in this culture we're in right now. We need to be more astute to being compassionate and encouraging as people begin their conversion experience back into the church out of pornography addiction after having had an abortion we are called to be those bearers of light calling people out of the darkness not leaving them there 
That's right. And not seeing them as those who are converting and becoming transformed, not to see them so much as a threat against mm. ourselves. Mm. And I think some people are so intimidated, they're thinking, oh gosh, I must be do- need to be doing something more. But we gotta be seeing these positive movements in the souls of others as not a challenge to us, but a positive encouragement of our own transformation, our own growth. A message from our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare is simple, to help pay for affordable, quality healthcare. They enable the community to share in each other's eligible medical expenses. You choose the doctor that you want to see. Even integrative and alternative medical treatments are eligible. Solidarity HealthShare helps pay for NAPRO technology and costs associated with natural family planning. Solidarity HealthShare is dedicated to both faith and your health care. Information is available at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Again, that's SolidarityHealthShare.org. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Thank you to our sponsors with Solidarity. I'm here with Dr. Philip Chavez. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the rise in suicide, specifically among men. I really think it ties into this entire conversion that Kanye is having. You know, he's talking about how he's free now and how he's a son of God. If men don't feel that way, they're going to turn toward this whole mindset of mental health issues and suicide. We'll be right back with Dr. Philip Chavez of the Men's Academy. Timory will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where morality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. I'm back with Dr. Philip Chavez of the Men's Academy. First thoughts, Dr. Chavez, on this rise of suicide among men. What do you see some of the major contributions of our culture are and what some of the major struggles for men are? Well, generally, I mean, I think um, the deepest question is for a man now, which I think has been for a while, but I mean now is, is definitely more incisive and greater is that, you know, I've even encountered one man even very recently said, I don't, I don't really know who I am. Mm. I don't, you know, and I'm talking about a guy who's, who makes over $200,000 a year, actually works for um, Google. I met him on a plane. But men, I think, have a, such a profound and deep identity crisis um, today um, without, without much direction, without much navigation. And most men, uh, the far majority, uh, find themselves lacking in a, in a purpose, mm-hmm. in a direction that gives them th- true, fulfilling purpose. And so for this reason, I think, you know, the addictive personality arises in many, or rather the ad- addictions arise, and, um, and other things which, which cause a downward spiral to where many are now committing suicide at, at, at a higher rate. So you're seeing the two two key areas. Men don't know who they are anymore. That's right. And they don't know what their purpose is. I mean, think That's about right. that. You, you hit the nail on the head. If I have no idea who I am and what I'm made for, do I have any purpose? And if I don't have a purpose, well, what's the point? In living. Yeah, why should I even be here? Yeah, That's right. And this is this ties directly into the issue of this gender ideology that's being forced on people. We're telling little kids, well, you don't know if you're a man or a woman. Um, you don't oh, know sure. God. You know, all of these ideologies that are prevalent in the culture, we're telling women that they, they can only get ahead in life if they have, you know, the contraception, that you need that in order to be educated, in order to be a contributing member of society. 
people are very quickly based on culture being torn down to nothingness. Yeah, you make a very good point because with this gender ideology, what's happening, being bro- breaking down um, the essential aspect or characteristic of a person as male and female, you take away something of their, their purpose, their identity, and what they're called to do. That's a very good point. So the gender ideology does break down, mm-hmm. you know, that, that question of who am I? Yeah, that formation of being a man. That's right. And that formation of being a woman completely goes out the door. You're neutered. You, you're right. nothing. And I wonder, throw this in your direction, I wonder if this is part of the reason why people are so quick to grasp onto forms of Hinduism, Buddhism, and yoga. You know, this ideology, nirvana, that sense of nothingness. Well, I am nothing, so let me at least be united to what I think that I am. Yeah, and and I think the the, the solutions, or rather the doctrine or the teachings, has a kind of a simple grasp or something. There's, it's not so complicated, and I think people are attracted to a very simple approach to things. And just, you know, and just because nirvana seems to be a simpler path to follow than the Christian path, or, or yes, to, to, to reach some kind of state of peace or whatnot, um, seems to be just a simpler and easier mode of being. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Trending with Timory. That's Dr. Philip Chavez. We're lo- talking about the rise in suicide. And I was just asking Dr. Chavez, why do you think this is? Initial thoughts. Here are the stats. It's staggering. Did you know that men are almost four times more likely to commit suicide than women? Just in the United States, we're seeing 123 men daily committing suicide. In fact, just a couple weeks ago here on Trending, if you didn't hear the episode, please go check it out. You can find it at radiotrending.com. But Father Tim and I talked about two young pastors, just about 30-ish years of married with families who have committed suicide. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, think about those children right. and those wives who are left, yet people are starting to glorify suicide. In the case of this pastor, uh, a lot of people were saying, oh gosh, I know he's with God and God bless him and he was such a great man. We've got to be careful to glorify the people who commit suicide. That's right. And that that's actually a very tragic thing to do that. Yes, because uh, above all, these people are very lost who would do such a thing. And um, it is by no means heroic at all. Yes, in the case of pastors, I've, I've seen this and I, I actually know of a priest who committed suicide. And um, of course, the depression of him was more manifest. But I guess this is what can happen, too. I mean, I know he was a very smart man. I knew him personally. And I think he was too engaged and too lost in his work. And yet I'm sure he was praised. He was very intelligent. He was very bright. I'm sure he was well complimented. But yet deep down, there was some uh, tragedy of sadness within him, some despair, and led him himself also to take his life. I think of what's going on in Kanye West's life and this massive conversion he's having. And Kanye West could just become a statistic if he continued to live out as he was. He could still become a statistic if he does not continue to turn to our Heavenly Father. That's right. Follow his ways. You know, starting the whole idea of sexuality, it's a big one. If we can get to the point of dehumanizing another individual so far that like Ted Bundy and like some of the others we've mentioned, we're willing to kill them. We're willing to just rape and molest them. How far have we gone? And, you know, Kanye West is facing that. It's in his face right now as That's a public right. figure. And how are men able to live in today's culture facing the horrific and many mistakes that they've made in their past? Yeah. You know, again, this is where that many men do need encouragement and they need to persevere. You know, for this reason, as you were alluding to at the very beginning, you know, 
it's it's you know it's hope and prayer that Kanye West perseveres in in this continued transformation. But it's an example to all of us, really. It's not just Ben or Kanye West. It's all of us mm-hmm. who, in leading the Christian life, we need to be vigilant and diligent about everything that we do, and not believe or ever think that we're beyond falling or um, falling away from God's grace. Oh, isn't that a message? I mean, St. Alphonsus Liguori in Preparation for Death emphasizes mm. that so much. He emphasizes how very few people have a deathbed conversion, but he also emphasizes that if we are not constantly, and I mean this constantly, keeping our death in sight, mm. our end to be with God in sight, That's right. that we may become lax and we may have lived 20 years a perfect life and virtuous life close to the sacraments. And then one day we get a little tired Maybe you get sick. You stop going to mass as often. You start making excuses. Next thing you know, okay, you know, sure. I, I start cheating on my spouse a little bit. Like little things, even if it's just an emotional, you know, engagement with another, you know, person that's not your spouse. Little things start to creep in. If we are not aware, what does I think it's First Peter five? He talks to stay sober and alert oh, for the devil. Devil. prowls about the world roaring as, as, as a roaring lion. Yeah, yeah, the devil prowls about the world like a roaring lion, and it says seeking someone to devour. And the devil is prowling the earth, looking for ways to wreak havoc in our lives. How are we letting him? That's right. That's right. And for this reason, too, which I thought you were going to allude to, and I know we'll finish up with this, it's important, too, that in this pursuit that we we move forward as the confidence with the son or daughters, that we do have a Heavenly Father who's guiding us, but we still must lead with Him, spend time with Him, engage with Him in order to stay in that path of grace. But I think it's it's the message of Jesus Christ, too, despite these struggles you're talking about, which are real, um, nonetheless, He asks us to do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And isn't that the message? I mean, St. John Paul the Great would emphasize that over and over again, especially to young people. Don't be afraid. That's right. Go out. Do not be afraid. I want to let you know that if you maybe find that someone in your life might benefit from this episode of Trending, you can text a link to the show. Head over to RadioTrending.com. Just send them a quick link to this episode and say, I was thinking of you. The uh, creator of men's fashion magazine from Europe, Paul McGregor, uh, shared his story about how his father committed suicide and how it impacts him to this day. And he's become a big advocate for mental health. He himself fell into a major depression after his father's suicide. And I look at this and I ask, well, who isn't committing suicide? Who hasn't been touched by this issue? Sure. And a study came out this summer that Father Tim Grumbach and I were speaking of recently on here on Trending, that they found one group of people who is not kidding, who are not committing suicide, and it's Catholic women who are going to Mass more than just their Sunday commitment. Fervently Catholic women are not at risk for committing suicide. And there's something to that, both from a prayer perspective and the power of the Eucharist when you're sure. in a state of grace. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing, too. I think one of the reasons I think for the the lower rate of suicide amongst women, I think one of the things, I mean, it's true, men are more reckless, and I think uh, there's something more daring in them which makes them do that. But I think women, too, they're more sensitive to the effects. I think they would understand that they know that this would hurt many around them, Mm -hmm. where men aren't, I don't think, are as very sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. But again, what you say is right. I mean, you, you add that with womanhood and you super add, you know, the power of the faith and the power of the, the, the Eucharist, the power of the sacrament. And um, yes, the Catholic woman, she's a stable part of this society. And I can't help but think that, you know, I was very edified. I was at daily mass uh, two days ago 
and there were easily over 200 people in the church. Now, this was a large parish, but still wow. to see 200 people in the at morning. At a daily mass. At a daily wow. mass. And you, you could see that, hey, these pious ladies especially, they're just, they're holding up the church. And so mm-hmm. for which I'm very grateful. Well, I have to say from a personal perspective, you know, I started going to daily mass when I was in high school and receiving the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ daily in the Eucharist, but also making sure I'm worthy, making sure that examination of conscience has been present has such a strong impact. If you go to mass, even if you're only able to make it on a Sunday and you truly go and pray the mass, you don't have to go to mass. It's not just an obligation. You get to go to mass and it's an incredible opportunity to unite yourself in Thanksgiving to God for everything that he has given you. That's right. And that's what God wants us to do. You know, he invites us to his table and he wants, he wants a thankful child as his table. And we just remember when we go to mass too, that's, I think, I don't know, for me, that helps me more than anything, more than it being an obligation or even getting the Eucharist to know that I'm pleasing my father by accepting his invitation to be at his table. And giving everything back to him, you know, the work of our hands, our fears, our sorrows, the sins we're battling, the need for virtue. You know, when that offering is made in the mass, That's right. you know, the taking up of what will become the body and blood of Christ, we're offering everything of our day, all our fears, all our sorrows, all our sacrifices, all of our work into the hands of God to make something of it. That's right. And that total sacrifice does in great measure relieve us. And it strengthens us. It gives us a sense of a path forward, but, but you know, we're called really to surrender to the Father and what a, a better way to do it at His holy sacrifice. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app where you can share your favorite episodes. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Dr. Philip Chavez of the Men's Academy is here with us on Trending. He's a regular guest, and I love the work that he's doing with the Men's Academy in his area of expertise in character formation. And he's dedicated his time to really working on character formation specifically for men. And so when this whole Kanye West story came up and we were seeing this rise of suicide among men, I said, we've got to talk to Dr. Chavez about these issues. I want to get into some of the good stuff now. Sure. You know, taking God and recognizing him as king over our life. That's right. Uh, looking at him as our father and how that transforms not just the lives of, of men, but the lives of men and women when we have that union with God and even kind of in a sense that smallness before God, like we're the creature, you're the creator, you're the king, you're the ruler, we follow you. That's right. And and so I guess what you're, you're pointing, you're alluding to now is his aspect of him as king. Before we discuss him as father, you know, what's interesting as king, you know, all of us deep down, even men, as much as they, they want to be leaders and good leaders, deep down men want to follow, right? There's something in, in all men that want to follow a great leader, and I don't care how old they are. And so I think there's one reason why they like Braveheart, Gladiator. Lord of the Rings, things like that. They they always want to be led by a great leader because you see there's something kind of relieving about that, Timory. If a man doesn't have a great leader moving him forward, then it's his own power. You mm-hmm. see, it's his own sagacity. It's his own attempts to, to try to forge ahead. And that can be very draining. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens, even men realize, women, I think, understand this more intuitively, and that is to surrender in some way to to I don't um, I want to say give in, but I mean it's to surrender to um, to heed somebody else's direction is what gives us true freedom, even for men. In fact, that's what even makes them great leaders. And you know this from the men you know. The more they're able to surrender to God, 
and to let things go in, in the right perspective, they're able to be great leaders for other men and women. Absolutely. Well, and just a key note real quick on the side of women. They say part of the reason why more men are into their faith and practicing their faith than women is because, or sorry, more women than men is because women, it's written into our bodies. We're biologically more receptive. Our bodies, even, I don't care which way you point. I don't care which way you say no difference between men and women. We are different. And there's even just in the fact that we are more dependent from a strength perspective, there are certain things things that I physically cannot do that only a man can do. And that's the reality of it. That's why it's so tragic that girls are being forced to compete against boys in all girls sports. Uh, That is a part of who we are in receiving. But there's such a burden placed on men that they have to lead and do everything. And I think that's contributing to the mental health crisis if they don't have faith. That's right. And not to veer off too much, but I think what's happening, though, Timory, what we're seeing, too, is women are moving in so much in the approach of men now where they think all depends on them, too. So right. I think they've given, many women today I see are, are caught up in much too much doing, too yes. much performing. And I think even to for them, there's a lot of letting go that needs to happen, even amongst faithful Catholic women. Oh, gosh, absolutely. And, you know, just kind of a side note, I remember we were rewatching Victoria put on by BBC. Uh, my husband, I'm totally telling him, he's totally into Victoria right now. He's loving these masterpiece classics. And as we're watching, they portray Queen Victoria in a way that I really wonder if... It really was how she was at the time. Queen Victoria ends up, you know, she doesn't have time for God. You know, she gets annoyed when she has mm-hmm. to go through the purification after having uh, the baby. She gets annoyed by some of these ceremonies. Sure. It's kind of like this, give me my crown and let me do my thing. It all depends on me. What's God going to do? And that's, I think, the mentality of the mm. modern woman in many ways. Yeah. And in fact, I think that this is what exhausts many of them. And I think mm-hmm. this is what causes for some physical breakdown, cancer, and things like that. So I think what happens, too, is what women are finding, too, is because we're talking about the, the issue of men not stepping up. There's something in a woman who will, which will always step up when, mm-hmm. and fill in the gap. And I think what's happening, women see so much need out there and so many gaps that need to be filled that they tend to, to believe and to think. And, and maybe oftentimes it's rightly so, but they, they fill in that and they op- oftentimes wear themselves out in the process. Oh, absolutely. Where men and women both, while we do engage in work, what's more important or what's primal is foundational rather is that, first of all, we surrender to God, the king, who really truly governs the universe. And so we govern under him. We serve under him. And in that way, we could serve not carrying that load, but understand that it's his load through which we're trying to bear for him, but we're working with him and through him. We could find that real freedom in all that we do. You're listening to Trending with Timory. That's Dr. Philip Chavez. As you're talking about this kingship of God, I think about how it used to be in ancient kingdoms. It used to be that huge statues of the ruling monarch would be erected in cities far away from where the king would actually reside because you didn't have, you know, instant communication like we do today. And so they needed to do something to remind the people that this king reigns over these people. And it's interesting because if we think about it, We read in Genesis that we are made in God's image and likeness. God put his image upon us. He put not only his image and likeness upon us, but he created us with restrictions. And those restrictions point to the fact that we have a purpose. And a main part of our purpose is to recognize that God reigns over our bodies. That's right. That's right. And when you say that we're in his image... 
I think that's one of the most important things we need to remember that that is we not only just image who he is, but it's through our actions. We're called to image him in all that we do. Mm-hmm. And so custody of the body is part of that. But yeah, yeah, with God and in God and through God, we're always just to act through him, with it and in him. And only in that path can we find the proper direction and be relieved of that burden of sometimes what it means to take on the spiritual life. Now, this ties directly into seeing God as father, because right. not only is God our king, he's not this distant monarch. He's our sure. father. That's and if, right. in reality, in a good family, we trust our father That's and right. he leads us. That's right. And and he's pleased when we submit to him and, and follow him. You know, any any father at the end of the day is very happy when his child could say, you know, daddy, I, I trust in you and I know I'm going in the right direction. And and I know as long as I stay with you, I'll get to where I need to be. And so every father wants to hear that, and every mother too, from her own child, to have confidence that that the father, the mother is truly leading. And so I think we bless God and we give him great honor that as sons and daughters, when we do have that fullness of submission, he's greatly pleased. And that's a great blessing and, and brings much grace into our lives. Let's tie this into the pillars of your work. You emphasize so heavily, and we've done episodes on this that you can find if you just pull up Dr. Chavez's name on our website, uh, leader, protector, provider. Let's dive into this. Sure. This is what gives men purpose, you know, and, and to, to lead, to protect, and to provide. And every woman, I think, deep down, she wants a selfless and sacrificial leader, protector, and provider. And I think in some ways when that kind of sacrificial kind of man is in her life, it gives her great uh, relief. It allows her to be the woman she could be to serve and to nurture and to do all the things she's called. But as well, to be a leader, protector, provider gives a man great purpose. It gives him direction. In fact, this is what I think is stripped from men now and one of the reasons why they're so lost and why they're found in depression because they can't find their role much, or rather it's very difficult today to find it today and to embrace it and to live it out as a leader and as a protector and as a provider. All of us, we're, we're all called to serve, we're all called to self-give, and um, that's the way a man does it in a certain particular way. Women in a parallel way have their own aspects of leading, protecting, providing, but they're, they're of a different nature. But again, when men do that and embrace that purpose or that role, that, that really helps in building their identity and really in some way touches their sonship very deeply as well. Let's talk about the universal priesthood. As we close up here, you know, we forget that our priests, right, our priests or ordained priests are our intercessors before God, but even all of us, both men and women, are called to the universal priesthood. That's right. And that is marked by our ability to make sacrifices. That's right. That's right. And so that's what we're all called to do. And I think deep down, you know, even men know that they're called to sacrifice something. We're all called to give something in our lives, to make a difference, to make our mark. And that sacrificial priesthood, everyone, every, every man wants to know he has what it takes to lay down his life for what he believes in, right? And so, um, you know, I think it was Martin Luther that said, uh, Martin Luther King has said, if a man isn't willing to die for something, he's not fit to live. And so the idea of sacrifice was already infused in our, in our human nature. And so when elevated by grace through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, I think he could come and learn to do very heroic things with his life in the service of others. We're talking about the antidote to this crisis of masculinity, to, you know, the horror that Kanye West found himself living in, you know, this rut after being exposed to pornography at five years old. And then from then on, he said, if you weren't with us before... He said, every single one of my decisions, almost every single one of my decisions from the point of seeing that pornography at five impacted 
my entire life up till now. I mean, this is what we're talking about, pulling people out of, helping little boys, helping young men to That's understand right. God is father. That's God, right. God is king. And they, they will learn that more and more when there are other men in their lives that are, that are reaching into their lives and helping them and guiding them. Even for myself, you know, I don't, I oftentimes don't wait for some man, young man to approach me or even older men sometimes, which I even mentor, but, but I actually reach into the hearts of young men and try to offer my guidance and, uh, and help and assistance in whatever ways they need it. And most of the time, the far majority of the times, when, when I'm open up to a man and try to find out what's going on in his life, he is very receptive. And that dynamic is very helpful. But yes, as, as it is the vocation of every father to reach out in a father way to others, so it is for a woman to reach out in a motherly way to others. And in that way, I think we touch and affect the world and really greatly image God the Father. That yet again puts the responsibility back on us to express that mentorship in society that is so hungry and the society is saying, show me the way. That's right. Just show me. That's right. And I think too, mentoring is too, is one of the most fulfilling things a person can do. And over my own life, mentoring the men I have, especially in men's ministry, it's it's been deeply satisfying and I just find it a, a deeply fulfilling way of serving God. You've been listening to Trending with Timory. You can find more about my guest, Dr. Philip Chavez at radiotrending.com. This has been Trending with Tim. To book her to speak or learn more about her guests, visit radiotrending.com. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. 